It's Angela Yee, and I love to travel. My friends in the U.S. Virgin Islands and I are inviting you to experience their beautiful islands of St. Thomas, St. Croix, and St. John. USVI is literally one of my favorite places. If you're traveling from the U.S., no passport is required, making travel hassle-free. I love the food, the people, the culture, and the beaches. Gorgeous. Add USVI to your vacation list by heading to visitusvi.com. That's visitusvi.com. USVI naturally in rhythm. Hey, ladies, it's Angela Yee. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP for official rules and a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com slash RTP. You know you've got a comeback in you. When you take the next step, you're going to make it count for your career, for your family, for your life. You can earn a degree you're proud of with Purdue Global. Purdue Global is backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected and innovative public universities. This is your chance. This is your opportunity. This is your comeback. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. What's up? It's Way Up with Angela Yee. I'm Angela Yee, and Jasmine Brand is here with me today. Yes, I'm here. And now we have a best-selling author, and you're also a psychotherapist, mental strength trainer, and award-winning host of Mentally Stronger with therapist Amy Morin podcast. Thank you so much for joining us, Amy Morin. Thank you so much for being here and letting me come to your show. Oh, no, we love these type of conversations. We need them. All right, so you have a, a new book out, 13, 13 Things Mentally Strong Couples. Do now. You've done a lot of uh, mentally strong. You have like a whole mentally strong series. And so, before we even start, what makes you the expert on this? Just so people who are listening understand why you're writing these books. Well, I started my career as a therapist, and I thought, oh, I'm going to teach all of these skills I learned in college. But it was really when I went through my own journey. My mom died when I was 23, which was just shortly after I'd launched my career as a therapist. And then when I was 26, my husband passed away. Mm. And it was really those losses that taught me the most about mental strength. It wasn't just about the stuff I'd learned in college anymore. It really set me on my own journey to say, what what makes people mentally strong? And what are the bad habits I want to give up if I want to be a strong person and come out on this on the other side? Yeah, and you write about this in the book as well, just so people can know your whole history of the things that you went through um, to bring you here. And one thing that you did do... But you went viral on social media. Can you talk about that list that you did, the 13 things mentally strong people don't do? Yeah, my father-in-law had just been diagnosed with terminal cancer. It was a, I had gone through that series of losses. I felt like I just spent a whole decade grieving, and now I was faced with the terminal another prognosis. Loss. And I thought, oh, I can't stand another loss. So I sat down and I wrote myself a letter of what mentally strong people don't do. And initially I thought it was just for me, but... I thought, well, if it's helpful to me, maybe it will help somebody else. I put it on the internet, and 50 million people read the article. One of them was a literary agent who said, you should write a book. But at first, nobody knew why I wrote it. Online, it was pretty much just the list. It didn't give my backstory. Mm -hmm. So my agent said, well, if you share the backstory, maybe it would even give you more credibility when people know you, you didn't master this list just because you went to college and you're a therapist, but you went through. struggled it. Yeah. Yeah. What do you think uh, on the list, based on the list, what do you think people struggle with the most? Because it's a lot of them. I'm kind of 
struggling with? The one people talk about the most is uh, don't give away your power. Mm. Okay. Which is really about when we blame other people, like, oh, you ruined my day. You. So that's that's an example of giving away your power. Right. Blaming other people Bl- for, okay. yeah. Okay. Uh, it says they don't allow others to control them. They don't give someone else power over them. They don't say things like, my boss makes me feel bad. Because mm-hmm. you do have control over your emotions and a choice in how you respond. Okay. You know, sometimes you can't control other people's actions, but you can control how you respond to other people's actions. That's it, exactly. And then mm-hmm. when, But sometimes we want to be like, oh, it's their fault that I'm having a bad day or they're making me feel bad. But taking back your powers about saying, no, I can control these things myself. You know, 13 is an interesting number. That's Taylor Swift's lucky number. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but it's also my lucky number, so I just want to put 13 that. is your lucky number? Yeah, okay. it's my birthday, January 3rd. Okay. So 1-3-13. Okay. So that's always been kind of my lucky number, too. Okay. Um, and now, here's... So let's talk about this list first, and then let's get into the book. Um, some other things, they don't fear taking calculated risks. And I think the key word is calculated. Mm, yeah. Right. <laughs> we don't want to be impulsive and just leap because something sounds good. But on the other hand, sometimes we think, oh, this this seems scary, so it must be risky, and then we don't do it. Right. So it's about balancing your emotions with some logic and knowing, okay, just because this seems scary, is it really, and can I do it anyway? That's an interesting thing, too, because I always tell people, like, if you're an entrepreneur and you want to start a business, do a business plan, come up with all uh, the information that you can have to help you lessen the chance of failure, and then take the risk. Don't just be like, I'm just going to quit everything and start a business. That's what I did. I wouldn't, well, yeah, you did. It worked out. (laughs) It worked out, though. But yeah, you got fired, kind of. Yeah, I kind of got ultimatum, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) No, but I do think it's a good idea to have a business plan and all that kind of stuff, but I I feel like people sometimes use that as a excuse, a re- excuse not to get. St- I still need to do this. I still need to do that. Mm-hmm. Um, we come up with reasons of why we're not doing it yet. I do too. I think sometimes people assume that they that they're not ready yet, so they keep planning and planning and planning. It's a lot of planning. You'll right. plan forever, and then they mm-hmm. don't take action. And and that is um, there is a balance with that too, because I also know people who have done things, and they're like, if I would have known all of the obstacles I had, I wouldn't have done this. Right. You know. Facts. So yeah, sometimes it is just flying. Mm-hmm. <laughs> But, you know, trying to make sure you're as educated as and prepared financially, making sure you're yeah. stable enough yeah. to, to be able to do something. Now, um, Amy, let's get into this book, 13 Things Mentally Strong Couples Don't Do. Mm. And it was so interesting for me because there's quizzes in here and yes. I was taking some of them and I'm clearly not perfect <laughs> when it comes to um, reading this book. Um, but I want to get into some of the things that we talked about that you talked about in this book. Privacy. What page th- is that? Because I don't have that one book. Um, that's in page 46. Thank you. Now, uh, you talk about certain things that couples might agree should be kept private mm-hmm. and then secrets they wouldn't want to keep, um, want one another to keep. So let's talk about privacy and things that are okay to, to keep private, but then what do the secrets that you keep tell you about your relationship? Well, there is a difference between secrecy and privacy. Mm-hmm. And that's tough sometimes to figure out. Is that okay to, to not mention this? But the damaging secrets are when we do things like, I'm not going to tell you how much I spent on this because you'd be mad. Hmm. Or I'm not going to tell you where I was this morning because you'll make a big deal out of it. And those are the things that damage the relationship. But privacy might be something like, I'm not going to let you look at my social media. I'm not going to give you my password. Mm -hmm. Or if my friend calls me with an emergency and says she needs to talk, I don't necessarily need to share that with my partner because that's something that's That's her private. Right. Let me ask you this. Let's say you all went through something where he cheated and then you're like, I need your passwords. What Mm. do you do in a situation like that? Because now that's something that normally you should be able to have as privacy. But because you're trying to rebuild trust, is that an indication that this relationship may not be strong 
in some instances, that makes sense to say, all right, if you broke trust, then we're not going to keep those things private. So in our therapy office, we'll do that sometimes where somebody will say, okay, I'm going to let you look at my DMs. I'm going to let you check out my passwords so that you feel better. You know that when I say I'm going to be somewhere that you can trust me. And if you have to check up on me for a little while until we rebuild that trust, go for it. Mm -hmm. Are you in a relationship? I am. Okay. Are you married? I'm or married. Yep. Okay. How long? Um, ooh, good question. <laughs> I know. You'd think as somebody that wrote the couple's book, I would know. I would say. I would say. Uh-huh. And the reason I say this, so I was married the first time and my husband passed away mm -hmm. after five years. So when I got remarried, I was like, you know, it doesn't matter how long you're married. I'm going for quality over quantity. Yeah. So I, I think it's been like 14 years. And I thought she was going to say two. And, no, and this is now. Steve. Yeah, this okay. is Steve. Okay. Mm -hmm. All right, see, how does he feel? Like, how is it for him being married to somebody that implements these things? Because expert. does he sometimes feel like, um, you know, because I, I always think about like being, what it would be like to be married to somebody who's a therapist. Would they be analyzing things that I do or trying to tell me the right way to do things? Or instead of, you know, you should say it like this. You make me feel this way. He's the coolest person and he knows that <laughs> although I'm a therapist, I'm also a human. Yeah. So he knows that, <laughs> that, yes, I know all of these things. However, I don't always do all the things that I say. Mm -hmm. And I don't try to psychoanalyze him or call him on, hey, that's the seventh thing mentally strong people yeah. don't do, Steve. <laughs> How annoying would that be? Right? So, right. Wait, what did you say? Let me write this down. Exactly. So put this in the book. <laughs> now, here's something also that I think is important practice asking for help and accepting it all right because i'm never good at hey ladies it's angela yee may is high blood pressure education month it's crucial for us especially as black women to focus on our heart health we pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives but often our own health takes a back seat that's where release the pressure comes in it's all about us black women seeing self-care as an essential act of self-preservation whether it's for yourself your family or our community your health is invaluable let's help get to our goal of 100,000 black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health here's how you can join in head on over to iheartradio.com slash rtp for official rules and a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. What's up? It's Angela Yee. And if you know me, you know I have several businesses. Well, one of them had closed down for a little while, but we just reopened it. And that is my juice bar. It's called Nourish Spot BK. And as soon as we reopened, we were really on the clock to find people who can make juices, sandwiches, acai bowls. When you want the best, you have to act quickly or someone else will get it instead. It's like if you're hiring for your business, you want to find the most talented people for your open roles before the competition scoops them up. So what's the best way? Way to do that? ZipRecruiter. ZipRecruiter finds qualified candidates fast. And right now you can try it for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash way up. Maybe you see the perfect candidate. Well, ZipRecruiter's invite to apply feature lets you cut the line. You can invite your top choices to apply and you can even encourage them to apply sooner. Amp up your hiring performance with ZipRecruiter and find the best fast. See why four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the first day. Just go to this exclusive web address right now to try ZipRecruiter for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash way up. Once again, that's ZipRecruiter.com slash way up. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, 
Sorry, we were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No Asking for help, but sometimes we don't ask for help, but we get mad when somebody doesn't help us and it's also how you ask too. Mm. So can we talk about that when it comes to relationships and not being like you never do this or do this for me or will you at least do this for me? Yeah. Right. Yeah, a lot of it has to do with the way we word it. Mm-hmm. Or we don't ask for help, but we expect our partners to know. So we you start slamming stuff around in the kitchen, and you're like, oh, if only they'd recognize that I'm doing all the work <laughs> out here. You see me slamming this. Right. <laughs> or, or we could make a complaint, like, I have so much to do. Instead of saying, could you please help me with this? Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important to look at how we express our concerns, whether we are asking for help. And then if somebody offers us help, to accept it because sometimes we're like oh, you don't do it right so I just will do it myself right when somebody's trying to help us yeah because I definitely always will do the dishes because I'll be like because I wash the dishes before I put them in the dishwasher some people don't do that right I only do that when I'm at your house yeah I don't play about that because I think it's very nasty to put like dirty dishes like very dirty dishes in the dishwasher See, you are supposed the, to I don't use the dishwasher so yeah I find that very odd <laughs> I, I've always had one not always but I mean as an adult I've always had a dishwasher never used it but I I mean when I'm at her house I I, I am very I'm very like particular about yeah. certain things and I do feel like I'll just do it myself because even like with laundry I like to do my own laundry and do the laundry because I know that like Certain times, you know, with with my man, he may not read that it has to be air dry. Like you yeah. have to hang dry it. Right. Yeah. You know, and some some of your things are expensive. You don't want to just. And I'd be like, oh my god, he washed the Gucci sweatpants. You know what I mean? <laughs> and so, but I do try not to to get angry about. I don't get angry. I feel like, but I can be very passive aggressive. Don't Jasmine? What was that? You can. Okay. <laughs> And that's something that I'm working on within myself. Because even like with reading this book, I'm like, oh, I do do this. You know, like one thing I do that you talk about in this book is um, I'll be very quiet instead of addressing an issue. I just won't talk at all. And that's something that I know can be really frustrating for another person. Instead, Because my thing is I don't want to argue, so I'd rather just not say anything. I use the silent treatment when I'm angry. Yeah. That's on page 105. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you put that up for me. <laughs> Yes. And that's a pretty common thing where somebody will say, you know, I'd rather just not talk about it. Although if we talked about it, maybe we could work through it. But on the other hand, it might get worse. So uncomfortable when you talk right? about it, though. And bringing things up. Mm-hmm. But when we don't work through the conflict, it usually grows bigger. The problem gets repeated again. And it's harder to solve those things if we don't sit and talk about it. Yeah, I just can't talk about it right away. Which makes, makes sense. Yeah. Sometimes it's about giving yourself that space till your emotions come down. Yeah, because we'll make... I never want to say something like in the heat of an argument that I can't take back. I told that to Jasmine the other day. Sure did. She was very angry about something and she was about to go in and she let the word bitch fly a lot. And <laughs> I was like, Jasmine, I don't think you should do this while you're mad. Yeah, you said never respond while you're upset. Yeah. I said, just wait a minute. And, and I didn't. Uh, I didn't. um because a couple hours later, and then after that, she felt bad for the I person. I felt bad for the girl, yeah, yeah. For, the, for the young lady. <laughs> <laughs> Who came at you. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and that's wise advice is to say when you're when you're really heated, don't do it in that moment. But what sometimes happens is with couples is somebody will say, I walked away because I was upset. And the other person chased me because they felt abandoned or they felt like we have to rehash this right now. And then they end up in a blow up. But if you have that agreement of I'm too upset to talk about it, but I will talk about it later, that makes things go a lot smoother usually. Yeah. And I'll be very clear on I'm not good at talking about things while I'm mad, but just give me a couple of hours. 
because I know how I am, mm-hmm. and I just and I, you know I just never like I said I'm the type of person I never want to say anything that I can't take back yeah. and say something while I'm at because you know words hurt. That's it. Yeah. Once you say it, you say it. What's something that's been the hardest struggle for you when it comes to uh, being in a relationship? Like, what would Steve say if he was reading this? Like. You know, Amy, this is something that um, you kind of do do sometimes. Oh, yeah. He would certainly be able to find plenty of plenty of mistakes <laughs> that I make. One I think would probably be boundaries. I have an incredible ability. to. Hey, ladies, it's Angela Yee. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month. It's crucial for us, especially as black women, to focus on our heart health. We pour our heart and soul into every aspect of our lives, but often our own health takes a back seat. That's where Release the Pressure comes in. It's all about us, black women, seeing self-care, as an essential act of self-preservation. Whether it's for yourself, your family, or our community, your health is invaluable. Let's help get to our goal of 100,000 black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Here's how you can join in. Head on over to iHeartRadio.com slash RTP for official rules and a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. Let's make our health a priority. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP today. Together, we can make a difference in our health and our lives. Join us and let's take care of our hearts together. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. And right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Tolerate something for probably too long. Mm -hmm. And then when I decide I don't want to do this anymore. You just cut it off. Right. And then I think sometimes other people are like, wait, what? (laughs) Uh, Because they're confused by that. So it's something I try to work on is if you set the boundary first and then... uh, work on it instead of just putting the hammer down too fast. That's how you talk about that with the boundaries. And you said it is at times okay to just cut things off. But the better thing, like you said, is to set those boundaries early. Right. If somebody's annoying you, somebody keeps asking you for to borrow money, somebody keeps showing up at your house Ooh. unannounced, they keep doing things you don't like, make sure you speak up early. No, you said borrow money. That hurt. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, I do not want nobody calling it. Uh, my theory with borrowing money is a lot of times, if I lend somebody money, I automatically assume I probably won't get it back. Yeah. So that helps me. So I have to say, if I'm lending you this money, should I be okay with not getting it back? And then I also know you can't ever ask me for money again. Right. 
And so you let borrow money from me. If I'm okay with just giving it to you, that's fine. But just know that's the last time you'll be able to ask me for money. And I already know that in my head. And those are good policies to have, I think. As long as you know, this is <laughs> I'm what... not sure if that's a good... Okay, so that is a good policy. I think so. And as long as you're comfortable with that and you set these rules for yourself ahead of time and then you're not tempted to keep loaning money or giving money away if you're not comfortable with it. And now we talked about secrecy versus privacy earlier. And I want to talk about things that... Um, why people keep secrets. Because that was very interesting to me, right? Secrets to protect yourself. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes we keep secrets because we don't want to hurt the other person. Yep. And that's something that you talk about as well. And there are some secrets that are really old that you're like, well, if it's something that may not ever come up again, why bring it up? Because you're really only hurting the other person. So let's just say early in the relationship, you know, five years ago, you cheated. The person's never going to find out. And they ask you, have you ever cheated? Is that a secret that you're like, they'll never find this out? I should not tell? Or is that something where they ask me directly, I should be honest and tell? So it kind of comes down to what somebody's values are. So it might be, I'm going to keep this secret. It's not going to happen again. It's not going to hurt the other person, so I'm not going to tell. There are people that come to that conclusion. They can live with it. They're comfortable with it. Other people who say, you know, I the guilt will eat me up forever if I lie to this person straight up, so I'm going to tell you what happened, but I'll give you the whole story. I'm not just going to give you a half-truth, because that's what happens more often than not. So I'm like, well, here's what happened. <laughs> but they don't tell the whole story. If you're going to be honest, tell the whole story. Tell the whole thing. So there's no black and white answer to that. There isn't. I think it's really up to, to people to decide, because sometimes somebody will be like, something happened 10 years ago, very early on in our relationship. If I bring that up now and I tell that to you, like, why am I doing it? Am I just trying to clear my conscience? Mm. Am I trying to, are we working through something? Does it make sense to talk about it? So I think it's really important to think about the why. Yeah, what about if you guys have a kid together, but you, it may not be his? Oh my gosh. Oh. Now, and it's already, let's just say the kid is 15. Is that a time where you should be like, I want to confess? Like, there is a possibility. <laughs> What would you tell somebody so, if they were so sitting extreme. in the chair? I, I mean, know, it happens. It, it does. does. I get yeah, people in my therapy office that, that mm-hmm. this will happen. That will probably come to light at some point. If right. that's not somebody's child through a doctor's <laughs> visit, it's something illness, down, right? Like, something mm-hmm. down the road, it might come to light. So you may be the one who says, I'm going to tell you before somebody else does. You know what I find interesting? There's people that may know things that the other person has kept from them, but they also won't bring it up right what is that about like say you're the person you find out that's not your child but you're not going to say anything to your significant other and you'll just keep on living life but you might have some resentment Mm. you know um in that situation but people do do that people know things about their significant other but don't say anything often it's about keeping the peace and that happens often too in the therapy (laughs) office somebody was like my partner goes on a lot of business trips i know what's going on but i'm not going to say anything because then we would Either, argue right and we maybe have to break up it work through it or yeah. do something differently but if i just don't say anything we could keep the peace oh i can't imagine because no matter what you're still gonna feel away yeah you know and how do you how do you operate like that do you see that people have a lot more non-traditional relationships now definitely yeah mm-hmm. over the years i would say uh it's been 20 years since i've been a therapist and things have definitely become less traditional over time why do you think that is I think people are just opening their eyes to realizing that uh, relationships aren't as cut as cut and dry as we used to think they were, right? Mm-hmm. And people are like, you know, actually, there's there's some different things we could do here, and uh, and I think people are more accepting of it now too. My one of my favorite um, out of all the lists that you have is um, they don't expect the relationship to meet all their needs, and I think for a long time I thought not that there was a perfect guy, but I thought you know. 
the person that was my person was going to kind of meet all my needs. And I realized that a while ago or a year, a few years ago, like there's no person that can meet all my needs. Like I have friendships, I have relationships with my girlfriends and he can't be those things to me. And I think that's something a lot of women kind of, not a lot of women struggle with, but some women struggle with that. Like Mm -hmm. thinking a guy is going to meet all their needs when it's impossible. And we get this message from every romantic comedy, from yeah, a lot right. of music, things like that, that when you meet that person, it will just take away all these like birds flying and chirping. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and they get it all right. They check all the lists and then they can. Yeah. And then when people have those expectations, they get in a relationship and they think, yeah, but I'm still kind of lonely or this. Yeah. I'm still struggling with certain things in life. And yeah. then why aren't I happy with you? When do you know it's time to give up? Because one thing that you said early on in the book is also you just may not meant being meant to be with that person and you don't have to stay together. Sometimes people feel like marriage is a forever thing. And there are people that really feel like that uh, for whatever reason. And so no matter what happens, we have to stay together. But have you ever had to tell people y'all just may not be good together or is it always trying to work it out and figure out how can we fix this? You got a list for that too. You got a quiz for that. I do. Because <laughs> sometimes people come in that. and they and they'll they really don't like each other. Mm-hmm. But for whatever reason and neither one really wants to say, what could I do differently? They come in and they say, I want you to change my partner so that my life isn't so bad. If my partner just didn't do this thing or if my partner acted differently, I'd be happier. And so then we talk about, well, if your partner's not going to change, is this what you want to put up with for the rest of your life? Or do you want to do something different? Because I don't have any magic wands to make the other person change. And Mm -hmm. so some couples decide, you know, we don't really like each other, but Mm. it's easier. It might be financial or there might be other reasons why they stay together. But some couples are like, you know, actually... This isn't working for us. Yeah, we had to come here and figure that out. Right. <laughs> now, listen to this. 36% of people say their partners are sometimes rude, condescending, or disrespectful. Mm. Right? And so a lot of times when we're not in a situation, we're like, how could somebody deal with that? Until you find yourself in a situation dealing with that. And there is a quiz here um, to talk about how many of these seem like you. I roll my eyes at my partner. Who doesn't roll their eyes sometimes at their partner? Don't we all sometimes? Do I do that? I don't know. If I do, it's a joke. Like, I'll do it for him to see it, and he'll be like, oh, my God, what's wrong with you? <laughs> but I do, okay, um, I say mean things to my partner. Why are you looking at me? I don't I'm looking at oh, you to oh. see, do you? I don't have a partner partner, so. But, no, okay. No, I don't. Um, I call my partner name, so you don't do that. I make disparaging remarks about them. We discussed this the other day when um, one woman said she was dating a guy, and he, he would tell her she's a cheeseburger away from being fat. Oh, my gosh. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an awful thing. Um, to say some to somebody, but let me ask you this though: If you do feel like somebody has, um, you know, because this does happen, right? Somebody looks way different than they did when you guys first got together. They put on a lot of weight. They're not making the effort to really do anything about it. They're not eating right. They're not going to the gym, but you still love this person. How do you address something like that? So, what we don't want to do is lecture. You don't nag somebody if you tell them all of these things. It's not going to work. So. In the book, there's a section where I talk about wishes and dips and other people's <laughs> motivation. So if you have a partner who doesn't take care of themselves, but maybe someday they're like, you know, I wish I had more energy, they're giving you a signal like, oh, that's great. That's a door that you can open then and say, what do you think would help you have more energy? Or somebody says, oh, my pants don't fit me anymore. Oh, let's have a conversation about mm-hmm. that. But wait for them to bring it up. You don't have to point it out. Like, they know. Yeah, they're aware. Yeah, right. <laughs> Sometimes I'll be wondering if people are aware, though, of certain things. You know, some people be like, why you didn't tell me I was getting this big? Yeah. And you're like, I didn't know how to. <laughs> Thought you saw. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Here's some other things. I share embarrassing things about them in front of others, even though I know it bothers them. Oh. 
Yeah, that's really nasty. Um, I use sarcasm with my partner often. I raise my voice sometimes. I use a disrespectful tone of voice. These are all indications. This is disrespectful communication. And so I think it is um, something that you do have to make a conscious effort when you find yourself like saying and doing certain things and being respectful of somebody else's feelings, but also making sure that they're respectful of yours. If somebody's doing this to you, Right. How do you address this with them? And that would go back to the boundaries where you can mm-hmm. speak up and say, oh, I saw when I when I mentioned I was going to my mom's house, you rolled your eyes, pointed out like, hey, I just I'm acknowledging what I just saw and, and call them out on it and then make make it clear too, like I'm not going to tolerate it. If we're having a conversation and you say something disrespectful, we're going to end the conversation. doesn't mean I'm going to not come back to it. We are, but we're going to come back to it when we when you're calmer and you can be polite. You know, you also did a TED Talk that's like one of the most watched TED Talks ever. And I want to ask you, how, like, what do you think, um, what do you owe all this popularity to from, because you did this list just kind of because of what you were going through for yourself when you did this list of um, the 13 things that mentally strong people don't do. You did this TED Talk. How many views did it get? 23 million. 23 wow. million views. Make sure you watch this TED Talk too. But I know you couldn't have anticipated this happening what do you think is the reason that people are so drawn to this conversation nobody taught us about mental strength people are really interested in learning well how do you become mentally stronger these little skills can make a huge difference but nobody knows they don't teach us in school our parents didn't teach us Mm -hmm. so i think people really want to know like how can i have a healthier mindset what would help me have healthier relationships how do i deal with sad feelings so i believe right now the world is just ready to hear that message and people want to know how do I dive into this because it makes the rest of your life better when you're mentally stronger and I'm sure COVID also affected a lot of that too you know we've seen a lot of things changing and for you as a therapist have you seen a lot of people coming in with different types of issues than you've seen before yeah and I think it really opened the door to people realizing that we're all just a few things away from having a mental health issue. Mm -hmm. There used to be that stigma of like, oh, you're broken. If you're struggling with depression, you should pull yourself out of it. And if anything good came out of COVID, it's that idea that take away a few of our favorite coping skills, like you can't go to the gym, you can't see your family as often. And so many more people were like, yeah, I'm struggling with depression and anxiety too. And, And I think that really helped people realize that, yeah, there are skills and strategies and things we can do to manage our mental health. And we should be doing that proactively. Yeah, I think, um, and this is a chapter, too, about how addressing your problems actually helps you uh, grow stronger. So those are some really important things to do when you can identify that and know how to deal with it. Um, You know, that has been something that I think it's all a journey. Even for me, like every day I'm trying to figure out ways that I can do things better, say things better, be stronger mentally. What do you tell somebody who, because the workplace has changed, too. And so some people have jobs that they know they have to keep because they have to pay the bills, but they hate going to work. And I had to realize I had a job previously. Every day I would wake up and be like, should I call out sick today? Um, And it was really, really tough for me. And I I hated that I felt that way. And I remember um, I ended up getting fired from it anyway. But, you know, some things happen. But I had to also change my mindset as far as waking up in the morning and going to work and realizing that, like, this is an opportunity for some great things to happen. Just, you know, feeling blessed to get up and get out of bed in the morning. What do you tell people who are hating their jobs, feeling like they wake up in the morning, like, I hate my life, 
You know, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't make enough money. I hate what I do. I hate my boss. I hate my coworkers. What are some things that they can do to become stronger? Yeah, life's short. And so if there's something you can do to switch jobs or do something different, do it. But it's not always feasible. Sometimes people have to stay in the job they have. So if that's the case, look for as many positive things as you can. I don't care if the only thing you have to look forward to during the workday is lunch, but make sure that you say, mm-hmm. hey, I'm going to go eat with a friend today. I'm going to go do something enjoyable. Look for those little nuggets of things that you do enjoy. Otherwise, once you come to that conclusion, I hate my job, your brain will only look for all the things that you hate about it. So you have to be proactive about saying, here's three good things I'm looking forward to today. At the end of the day, you might go through and say, here are five good things that happened today. And just be proactive about reminding yourself that there's good parts to it, too. All right. I just asked that because I know there are so many people that struggle with that right now. It's pretty common, I feel like. Yeah. Well, Amy, thank you so much for joining us. I know that this has been a long time coming uh, for you to come up here and and sit down and kind of talk about uh, how we can be more mentally strong individually and as a couple. You know, because I feel like you have to be a mentally strong individual to be in a successful relationship, too. Exactly. Mm -hmm. And so when I interviewed people about the book and surveyed people, they said, yeah, 86 percent of them said, I want to strengthen my relationship. And I think the key to strengthening my relationship is growing stronger. Right. And one of the the keys to strengthen yourself is to not worry about pleasing others. And a lot of times there are people who are people pleasers um, out there that feel and there's no way you're ever going to please everybody. Exactly. So we have to keep that in mind. Well, thank you so much for coming through. I appreciate you for taking the time for us. Again, it's 13 things mentally strong couples don't do. And there's definitely some quizzes in here. This, I think, is something great that you could sit down with your significant other with. It's and like actually, a workbook, right? Yeah, and, and there are certain things that you guys can talk about. Um, maybe it's hard for you to address. This book can address it for you, you know? I hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so, too. <laughs> Because I want to I want to see it. If I feel like people always um, the way that things have changed as far as marriage and relationships. And I feel like social media gives us so much access where you feel like things are so much better outside of what you have going on. And then on the flip side, there's people who act like their relationship is perfect on social media. But in real life, it's not. And we have these really unrealistic expectations, you know. But. Uh, where can people find you also, Amy, just so so we know? Thank you, Dan. My website is Amy Morin, LCSW, as in Licensed Clinical Social Worker, dot com. And you can find my TED Talk and information about my books and my podcast, Mentally Stronger, with therapist Amy Morin. All right. She's a real expert, guys. Mm-hmm. Don't just take it from us. <laughs> it's Way Up, Amy Morin. Thank you so much. Way Up. It's Angela Yee. And y'all know I love to travel. Well, my friends in the U.S. Virgin Islands and I are inviting you to the gorgeous islands of St. Thomas, St. Croix, and St. John. From the amazing food to the warm hospitality, culture, and gorgeous beaches, USVI has everything you want in a destination and no passport is required when traveling from the U.S. Start planning your getaway at visitusvi.com. That's visitusvi.com. USVI, naturally in rhythm. Hey, ladies, it's Angela Yee. As women, we put our hearts into everything. May is High Blood Pressure Education Month, and it's time to focus on our heart health. Release the Pressure wants to help black women look at self-care as an act of self-preservation. During High Blood Pressure Education Month, let's help get to our goal of 100,000 black women putting their hearts first and learn more about their heart health. Visit iHeartRadio.com slash RTP for official rules and a chance to receive a $1,000 gift card to take care of yourself and prioritize your heart health. That's iHeartRadio.com slash RTP. 
Tired of endless diets and weight loss struggles? It's time to say goodbye to frustration and hello to results. Introducing Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD, your breakthrough solution to fight stubborn body fat. Imagine burning fat, balancing glucose levels, and regulating metabolism in just 12 weeks. This unique two-in-one product combines the power of two clinically studied ingredients in one revolutionary formula. Berberine, which targets abdominal fat, and OEA, which curbs your appetite. With just two capsules a day, Smart Metabolic Burn by BrainMD can kickstart your metabolism, fight stubborn body fat, especially that pesky abdominal fat, and support your weight management journey. Right now, save over 30% on Smart Metabolic Burn at GetSmartBurn.com, the lowest price anywhere. That's GetSmartBurn.com. Don't delay. Transform your life with Smart Metabolic Burn from BrainMD. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. Our products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.